we have a very important episode for you today. We are talking about social security. It is a complex subject. And specifically today, we are talking about spousal benefits, how they work, what they are, and the different strategies within spousal benefits that you can utilize. So uh, it is that we we talk about quite a bit uh, with a consultant that we utilize. Her name is Heather Schreiber, and she has a wealth of knowledge around social, social security. It's really all she does. She understands it. She explains it well, and it's her expertise. So you're going to enjoy this episode. Yeah. I, you know, Heather is a great resource. We, we partner with her and, um, and we really want to make sure that we get everything right when it comes to Social Security. We can't keep up with all of the changes and keep up with all the rules and all those kind of things. But I want to tell you that we talk about a lot on this episode. Do not forget that we have a blog written on this very topic. You can go to our website, pomwealth.net, go to the blog page. You'll find all of the information that we have on this episode there in a written format. So please go check that out. It'll be a great help to you. And if you're listening to this and you think, man, I'd love to have a conversation Go on, on the website again, top right-hand corner, click on schedule call. You, our calendar will come up and you can hop on a 15-minute complimentary, no obligation phone call with myself or Merce. We'll be glad to answer any questions that we possibly can to try to help you navigate to and throughout retirement, specifically around Social Security as well. So before we get into this episode, though, we have to do a very quick disclosure. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stansel and Merce Tariq. Welcome everyone to Secure Your Retirement Podcast. We are a super uh, happy and excited to have with us today, Heather Schreiber. Uh, and Heather, just to kind of give you a little bit of understanding of what her relationship is with us, is we actually hire Heather as a consultant to help us think through and, and, and keep up with the many different variations of social security planning. And um, it has been just super helpful. And we uh, have had her on another episode, but really wanted her to come back on to handle a different kind of question. So Heather, thank you so much for buying out some of your time to come on and talk with Merce and I. Oh, I'd love to do it. I'm glad to be here. Great, great. So um, Heather, we, uh, we talked about getting back on and doing another podcast. And ultimately, this kind of came about because we had a, a situation here recently, which this is kind of how we interact, that where the person said, hey, can I do this? And they kind of gave us the scenario. And so then I formulated an email and sent that out to you. And you helped us to make sure that we didn't mess anything up. So let me just kind of set the basis here. And then what I would like to do is just talk this through with our listeners so that they can hear this. And then we're going to kind of have a few other questions as well. But here's the situation. We had a client come to us. Uh, him and his wife are a little bit different in age. Um, and the question came about, he, he, he said, I'm going to wait until 70 until I take my Social Security. 
She, though, he said, can I want her to start when she's 62 is the idea. And then she's going to take her benefit at 62. So a reduced benefit. And then I want, then, then, then what I want to know is, is that if I were to pass away, will she step up and get my benefit? And honestly, I couldn't remember if she was going to get a reduced benefit at that point because of starting early, or will she get the full spousal? But could you kind of walk us through what that particular situation looks like and how that would play out? Sure. So a couple things, let's, let's sort of deconstruct it a little, little bit. So, you know, you've got obviously a disparity in the income benefits, which is always something we want to pay attention to. And so the fact that he was going to wait until 70 means that if he predeceases her, which was the initial question, what happens to the benefits? Well, the first thing that happens that some people don't know is when you're married and one of the two and the couple passes away, the higher benefit is what remains. So the fact that she took at 62 doesn't, doesn't negatively impact her ability to step up to the survivor benefit. Now, the difference between a spousal benefit while living, so meaning when they're both alive. Uh, so if, if she were entitled to, and I think we got into this too. So if she were entitled to a higher benefit, once he files. So that's, that's the one, the other thing is that I think that became part of our conversation is that yes. she filed at 62. She had earned her own retirement benefit, but of course, any benefit that you take prior to your full retirement age, whether it's your own, a spousal benefit, even an ex-spousal benefit or a survivor benefit, any benefit that you take before your full retirement age does come with a reduction. And the theory is you're getting it for a, a, essentially a longer period of time, all things remaining equal. And so it, it's reduced. Well, with spousal benefits, the maximum spousal benefit that she could collect would be 50% of his full retirement age benefit. So notice you said he was waiting until 70. So during lifetime, she's only entitled to 50% of his full retirement age benefit. With survivor benefits, she would step up to as much as 100%. And that's the critical thing. Not only does she set up, set, um, step up to 100%, but she also can can inherit those delayed retirement credits that he earned by waiting until 70. And that's why it's so critical when you're dealing with married couples, particularly a disparity like that, where she's got a much smaller benefit. He's waiting till 70, knowing that, you know, if I wait till 70, I'm going to get the maximum lifetime benefit for us. But also if I pass away and assuming that she's at least full retirement age when he passes away. So say her full retirement age is 67 then she's going to step up to 100% of his retirement benefit. Now, her own benefit goes away because it's a smaller benefit, but she gets the, the delayed retirement credits that he earned during his lifetime. So I think that's where your question went. And I think, of course, I can never answer any question with a very simple one-sentence answer. So I think we got into, okay, well, what happens then if when he files? So she's already filing at 62. We know that even if half of his spousal benefit is higher than hers, she can't collect that spousal benefit until he files, okay? And so I think we went on to say, okay, let's let's play this out. She files at 62, she's getting her small retirement benefit. So let's fast forward, he has now filed. That's the critical ingredient for determining, okay, so now he's filed, a question I get all the time where we went with that conversation was, but what if half of his benefits higher than her own 
retirement, the, her own reduced retirement benefit. And I said, she can step up, but her that benefit's going to be added, that difference between his greater spousal benefit under his record and her reduced retirement benefit, that difference is going to be added to her reduced benefit. And so instead of getting the full 50%, she'll get slightly less than that because she filed for her own benefit early. So as you can see, there's so much complexity to social security benefits. And it's hard for even those of us that talk about it all the time to get it all straight. But the, the big takeaway is uh, with, with respect to particularly a wide disparity in income benefits, you know, I don't have a rule of thumb in terms of, you know, when everyone should file, but certainly when we're dealing with couples that have definitely a, a difference, a, a marked difference between what they've earned over their earnings history, I always try to say, hey, if we can, one takeaway is if that higher wage earner can wait to full retirement age or beyond, it's going to not only create more guaranteed lifetime income for the two of them, but it's also going to secure a higher survivor benefit for whomever survives the other because we're going to lose that lower benefit. So for people that are listening, you know, <laughs> there is no simple answer to Social Security. And I think just the one scenario that Heather just ran through shows there's so many different little nuances that you got to think through and understand before you make a decision. And you don't want to get Social Security wrong because it is such a big part of a lot of people's um, retirement planning, probably, you know, 30% of the income that they're going to expect is going to come from Social Security. So you don't want to get that wrong. And I got to say, it's nice to have someone like Heather in our back pocket, because Raiden and I, we know a lot when it comes to financial planning in general, retirement planning in general, but to be able to say that we're an expert and we know every little piece about every little thing when it comes to it, I would, that's just not possible. And so having, um, specialists in our, in our arena that can, that we can tap into, I'll tell you, I was in a meeting just like Raiden was, uh, last week and he had to reach out to Heather. I had to reach out to Heather as well. And my response to the client was, Hey, I'm 90% sure that I'm right here, but I want to make sure that I get you the other 10% so that you can make the right dec uh, decision here. So I got, uh, I got on the phone with Heather. She gave me the right answer that I already gave to the client. I called him back and said, Hey, I was, I was right here and let's go ahead and file in this way. So, um, but Heather, I want to touch back on, it is a complex situation and there's a lot to understand there, but I want to go back to the basics here real, uh, and it doesn't need to take long, but just for someone who is not even close to social security yet, maybe they're 60, but that they are 60 and, um, they're starting to contemplate, do I start it at 62? Do I wait till full retirement age? Do I wait all the way until 70? And they do have a spouse as well that potentially was the higher income earner. We talked a lot there about spousal benefits and you brought that, that term up a lot. And I think a lot of times people don't understand what the value of what a spousal benefit is. So can you just in a simplistic way, just explain what is the spousal benefit and how can it be advantageous to at least understand? Yeah, for sure. Um, and it is one of the most confused topics. So spousal benefits are designed to pay a, a spouse and you have to be married. Now, when I say spousal versus survivor, okay, I'm talking about when both spouses are still alive. Uh, they have to be married for at least one year to in order for a dependent, I'll call a dependent or lower earning spouse to collect a spousal benefit. So here's the good news. If you have a spouse that perhaps never worked long enough, they were raising a family, whatever the case may be, and they didn't earn those 40 credits or quarters of coverage. That's essentially equivalent to about 10 years of work. 
to get eligibility under their own earnings record, then it's not that they don't get anything. They are entitled to the, the greater of their own retirement benefit if they've earned it. But if they haven't, then they're entitled to a maximum of 50% of their, I'll call them worker spouses, full retirement age benefit. So if I have a worker that, that has a, a primary insurance amount of $2,000 a month at their full retirement age, we'll say that their full retirement age is 67 because they were born in 1960 or later, then that equates to a maximum of 1,000, 50% of that $2,000 figure that would go to their dependent spouse. Again, have to be married for uh, 12 months. The other in critical, the critical ingredient is, is that the worker spouse has to file for the benefit. And that's one of the questions I get. Well, when can my dependent spouse collect a benefit under my record? And the answer is you have to file. As the worker, you have to file first. So often it becomes sort of a challenge to decide to balance the higher wage earner saying, gosh, you know, I'm the one that's got the benefit that I've earned. I have to file in order for my dependent spouse to collect a, a benefit. But then I also know that the value of waiting a little bit longer is going to help us long term because the reality is people are living longer. And so it becomes a balance, a challenge to figure out what that sweet spot is when you've got a dependent spouse that can't collect anything until the higher wage earner files but we're also living longer and you have to look at, at, at that. So that's why it's so incredibly important to have people in their corner like the two of you, because the other thing is the Social Security Administration, they're, they're overworked and they're certainly not in the business of helping you navigate those critical decisions. And so that's something that you really need to work with someone like, like you two to, to make sure that they are really dotting their I's and crossing their T's. Yeah, I'd like to go back and just clarify one thing that you said there on the spousal benefit. Um, and I think sometimes with spousal benefit, we get caught up in in simplicity of, well, you know, it's you either get your own benefit or you get half of the your, your spouse's. And this phrase is used, the higher of the two, which is true, I think. But I think a, what a, a caveat or a, a disclaimer that should be added, and it's confusing for us too, is that it's only up to that person's full retirement age. So it's not half of that 70-year-old's uh, benefit. It's only up to uh, that person's full retirement age, which right now is around 67. So I think if, you know, if you're listening, I think that's a key ingredient to deciding on spousal and understanding what you're going to get from spousal is not, it's not truly 50% of, and also in the, on the flip side of it is if you take it earlier, so say your full retirement age is 67, but you decide to take it at 65, um, or, or I'm sorry, the spouse has to wait until full retirement age to get that true 50%, right, Heather? Right. So here's here you just kind of went we're on the same wave. I like to um, use examples because I think it helps people conceptualize what we're talking about. If we're talking about a wage earner that has a full retirement age benefit of two thousand dollars, then that means the maximum spousal benefit to their dependent spouse. Let's just make it easy. They have to earn their own um, uh, benefits because they uh, stayed home to to raise a family. The maximum is going to be one thousand. Right. If that that wage earner, the working spouse, takes a benefit at 62 and instead of getting 2000, say gets 1400, then this, the dependent spouse's starting point is still 50 percent of the 2000. OK. And just like you said, Merce, if 
on the other side, if the wage earner decided to wait until 70 and now was getting a $2,600 benefit or whatever, then it's still 50% of 1,000 for that dependent spouse. How much of it, you know, we say up to 50%. What determines whether the spouse, the dependent spouse gets the full 50%? It's dependent upon when he or she files for it. So in this case, if we're talking about a, a stay-at-home mom, she, if she takes that benefit at 62, we're starting at 1,000, but her spousal benefit will be reduced because she's taking it early. Now, keep in mind, remember I said, in order for any dependent benefits to be paid, our work wagering spouse has to file. So there's a lot of stuff that goes in there. But the point is, you're always starting at 50% of the higher wage earner's full retirement age benefit. That's also called their primary insurance amount. That's your starting point. All right. So um, I want, I'm going to just flip one thing here in this scenario to make sure I understand it, because I, I just want to make sure we're clear. So let's, let's go to a scenario where you've got the, the dependent spouse or the, let's say that a spouse, the, the, the stay at home mom, but, but she, in this case is a little older than, than her, the worker spouse, working spouse. So let's say that that person, the, the one who was the higher income earner decided to file at their age 62. If, if the if the spousal the the spouse who was a stay at home mom if she waits to her full retirement age to to start taking the spousal benefit will it still be based on his fr his full retirement age or is it going to be because he retired or because he started taking early is she going to get reduced there off of his full retirement nope remember it it's it doesn't matter that he he filed early she's still her starting point is always 50% of his full retirement age benefit. Because in your example, she's older, she's already at or beyond her full retirement age when he files, because remember he has to file. So let's say he's 62, he files, but she's five years older. So she's 67 at that point, she's gonna get that full $1,000 because she's at full retirement age, even though he's only getting 1,400. She's not gonna get half of 700, I mean 700 or half of 1,400, she's gonna get the full 1000 because she herself is at full retirement age when she becomes eligible for that spousal benefit. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. So yeah, it is, it is, it's fun to sit here and talk to you about it and it all makes sense in this moment, but then it, it all kinds of blends back together in one big pile of mush really when we, when we leave this conversation. So, uh, and I feel like that's probably the same for anyone that's thinking about whether or not to turn on social security and how it all works. So just know that we're happy to help and help you understand it and know that we have Heather in our corner also as well. Heather, I think there's one more topic that I want to touch on. There's been some, some strategies, there's a ton of strategies, but strategies, but there's some that have all but gone away. Uh, there's a file and suspend method that's now gone. So there's no reason to talk about that. Uh, but there is a restricted application uh, that is 
is starting to go away. I think in our pre-talk here, you mentioned that there's not many uh, options left to use it, but I think it would be good for people to under, understand what that is and uh, what age they would have to be to even qualify for that. All right. It, it is a common question. So uh, the, the question that, that kind of aligns with that restricting an application um, strategy is, if I'm entitled to both a spousal benefit, I'm married, and I'm also entitled to my own benefit, can I choose to take only the spousal benefit first and, and hold my own retirement benefit out of that application? Why would I want to do that? Well, people say, well, I want to get half of his or hers right now, and I want to let my own benefit continue to earn those delayed retirement credits from my full retirement age up into age 70. That is a very common question. And before the Bipartisan Budget Act, which believe it or not was 2015, but we're still talking about it, that was an, a viable strategy. And a lot of the couples who had sage advice from people knew that they could use it. Now that strategy only applies to a very small demographic. And it's for people that are going to be 70 by January 1st of next year. So they had to have been born before January 2nd, 1954. So those are the folks that are 69 right now have chosen to not take their own retirement benefit. So they said, I'm, I'm the higher wage earner. It's usually the person that does this. I'm the higher wage earner. I might still be working. I know that to secure the highest lifetime benefit for myself and my spouse, I should wait. They have the opportunity, if they haven't yet filed, to file a, what's called a restricted application. But as long as their spouse has either filed for their own benefit or is willing to, they can say, okay, I want to take a spousal benefit while my own is earning delayed retirement credits. But again, these folks have to be 69 or 69, anywhere between 69 and turning 70 by January 1st of 2024. So this group of folks that can do it is a very small group of folks, but anyone listening to this needs to call the two of you because I do run into it on occasion where people had no idea that, you know, perhaps like in your example, they were wait this one per the higher wage earner was waiting until 70. That's the plan. Their own spouse had a benefit and already filed and they had no idea that they could be collecting 50% of their spouse's benefit all this time. And so they have missed out on income. So that is going away. So what about the rest of us? And that's kind of where okay, you're like listening to this going, okay, well, I'm not 69 yet. So what does that mean for me? Am I able to collect or just choose to collect a spousal benefit first and let mine increase? And the answer is no. And I always say this, like when you were in kindergarten and the teacher said, if you get what you get, you don't pitch a bit. That's basically the rest <laughs> of us. So anyone that isn't, uh, wasn't born, by January 1st, 1954, that's most of us are probably listening to this. It means that when you file for benefits, you are considered to, or deemed, D-E-E-M as a married deemed, you're a deemed filer. And that means that you cannot select a benefit to choose from. You have to, you're basically putting all your tickets in the hat for both your own retirement benefit if you've earned one or a spousal and sometimes ex-spousal benefits, which, which we can talk about ex-spousal. So that essentially means that if you have earned your own retirement benefit because you've worked at least 10 years, then 
that benefit when you file is always going to be paid first. Social Security wants to be pay your own retirement benefit before they pay any benefits under any other records. That makes sense. So the people that will be entitled to spousal benefits will be only those that that spousal benefit produces a greater benefit than their own retirement benefit. Okay, and that's like we were talking in the case that we were talking about is that, you know, the, the lower wage earner went ahead and filed at 62, perhaps she had a very small benefit. Maybe it was $500 a month, who knows? So that benefit's always gonna be paid first. And then when her spouse files, then social security says, okay, let's compare her own retirement benefit with what she could collect as a spouse. If there's a difference, that difference is added on to her, her retirement benefit so that she gets the greater of the two. And Merce, that's where that greater of the two comes from. So the moral of the story is spousal benefits can be paid, but it's only going to be paid for the rest of us, for those of us that aren't turning 70 by January 1 of 2024, if it produces a higher benefit than our own retirement benefit. Our retirement benefits are always going to be paid before any other auxiliary benefits are paid under a spouse or an ex-spouse. All right. Well, that I tell you, yeah, uh, Heather, it's just amazing to go through and it's so helpful. But I think um, at this point, um, our brains are starting to, to hurt a little bit on Social Security. So we do know, though, that uh, these topics, we, we we love hopping on and talking to you about this. And we love having you as an ax, uh, um, a resource. And so um, we appreciate, again, you coming on and, and answering these questions. Uh, we we have a blog that will be written on this as well. So we appreciate being able to have this stuff in writing so that we can go back and reference it as a as a guide. But um, we will and would love to have you come back on and handle other Social Security questions in the future. Maybe we won't wait as long as we did on this one before we have you back <laughs> on. But um, thank you so much. We certainly do appreciate it. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.